Well, I'm going to try to be, I don't know if I can be as interesting as Tony Robbins, but uh, I hear he's somewhere else. But I can uh, definitely tell you I won't be walking on coals or anything like that tonight, so if you were wondering, it isn't going to happen. Guys, I really counted a, a real privilege and an honor uh, just to be here tonight. You know, the first time I came to Christian Challenge was in 1993, and I was a mere lad of... <laughs> 26 years old, and my, my cousin had started going to college here, and he invited me, and, and I started connecting once in a while, then finally I got plugged in, and while I was here, um, God really used uh, this ministry and, uh, and Neil just to really make a huge difference in my life, a real impact in my life. I just kind of real privilege just to speak with you guys tonight. What I want to talk about tonight is staying on track uh, when the going gets tough, Staying on track when the going gets tough. Now, you know, once you start learning how to walk with God and, you're, and, you, and you've been doing that for a little while, you begin to have a real desire to really make a difference with your life. You begin to have a real genuine desire to make a difference with your life. And, you know, there's a, I just finished in, in, my, uh, in, my, in my quiet time, I just finished reading through the book of Acts. And every time I go through the books of Acts, there's, there's a couple of key, phrase, key verses that just hit me every time I go through. And one of them is Acts 13.36. And it's, it says, uh, David, talking about King David, it says, David, after serving the purpose of God in his own generation, died. You go, well, that's real pick-me-up. Thanks, Chief, for bringing that up. But yeah, you know, at the, at the end of all of our stories, there's a time when we're, you know, there's an expiration date on all of our birth certificates. So... Um, David, after he served the purpose of God in his own generation, and something about that just resonates with me, is that when I die, if people were to say of me that he served the purpose of God in his own generation, that's, that's, really, what I, that's really what I desire. And it just really resonates. And I have a feeling that it resonates with a lot of people that are here tonight. But one thing about life is as you, go, as you get older, uh, Things just get more complicated. They get more complex. Uh, you were a freshman. Now you're a sophomore. You know, you were not married. Now you are married. I'm going into the future now. Um, there's just things as you go through life, things get more complicated, more complex. You know, right now, and things begin to really weigh on you. You know, there's things that really matter to you. They, they begin to weigh on you. And, um, there, and one of those things, some, some of those things that weigh on you might just be it might be like upcoming exams, like you just got a lot of upcoming exams, or maybe there's a couple of them that are really hard. Maybe you're getting ready for the next step, and maybe you have to study for the LSAT or the GRE or something like that, and someone's told you, if you don't study every waking hour, you won't make it, and then your life will never amount to anything. You'll thank you for the encouragement. So, you know, so, uh, you know there's just all this pressure that gets put on us, all around us. And then, uh, you know, it might be that... Uh, there's things that we, need, we feel like we need to be doing to be successful, maybe different things we're a part of, different clubs. Or it could be relationships, you know, either good or bad. Maybe they, they're weighing on, weighing on us. Uh, worries, worries about how things are going to turn out in all different areas. There's things that just weigh on us. So how do you stay on track for God's purposes when the going gets tough? And there's a verse I want us to look at tonight uh, that really helps I believe, answer that question. It's really a very helpful perspective on that question. And it's, uh, the verse is uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. 
And I think it might be on the screen. Okay, it is. Uh, this is a, 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 there's a time when Jesus is talking to the crowds and he says, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. For then you will find, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when you look at, you know, I did just a, little, just a quick little word study on that verse. And when you look at the, where it says weary in the original, in the Greek, it means like weariness from working hard. It's just kind of a, you've been working hard, you're feeling weary. Uh, when it says heavy laden, it means that you're just like loaded up and it's possibly like overloaded. So you just, you're weary from working hard and you're overloaded uh, possibly. And then when he says rest, first he says, come to me and I will give you rest. And then he says, if you, uh, you know, take my yoke and, and learn from me, then you will find rest. And both of those words rest, they actually are just a little bit different from each other. So if the first rest, it, it means like refreshment. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a real refreshment and just kind of get you, ah, boy, it's just really what I needed. And then the second rest, when he says you will find rest, it's, it's kind of rest in the middle of what you're doing. It's like rest in the middle of what you're, what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, the question is, well, how do you get from weary and heavy laden to this refreshment and rest in the midst of what you're working on? And Jesus gives three things, and those are the things that I want to talk about tonight. He says, he says, come to me, yoke with me, and learn from me. Come to me, yoke with me, and learn from me. And I want to take those, I'm going to take those just one at a time. The, the first one, just come to me. You know, that's a real invitation. Jesus, in fact, if you do a study on the, just that phrase, come to me, you're going to find that Jesus just said that all the time. He's just always saying, come to me. I think he probably wants us to come, come to him and really spend time with him and really connect with him. If you look at uh, John chapter uh, 7, verse 37 through 38, it's at the end of this feast. And Jesus says, it says, now on the last day of the feast, Jesus cried out saying, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And what he's saying is, you know, if you're thirsty, if you're looking for something that's really going to satisfy you, he says, come to me. And if you believe in me and the scriptures that point you to me, he says, then what, will, what happens is there's a, there's a well that wells up inside you. And really, um, it really satisfies. It's not like a one-time drink. It's a well that just boils up inside you and it's like a constant refreshment. Now I've had people over time say, but, but you know, Jeep, that, that really hasn't been my experience. You know, I, I've been trying to read the Bible and I, I'm reading the Bible and I'm trying to do it consistently, but I'm, I'm just not feeling like I'm connecting. And I'd like to just throw out a thought. And that is, uh, if you look at John chapter five, Jesus said something else. He was talking to the Pharisees. These are the guys who try to boil everything down to just a to-do list and make sure they, you do it, and you better make sure they kind of uh, just kind of get after each other. But Jesus said this. He said, um, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. 
And it is these that bear witness of me. And you're unwilling to come to me, that you may have life. And he's telling them, guys, you're missing it. He says, you're searching the scriptures, but the scriptures point you to me, and you're just, you're missing me. You're not willing to come to me, and so that you may have life. So there's a, there's a way, so there's, what you want to watch out for is, is connecting the scriptures, just trying to find out what it is you're supposed to do, and then try to do it. Really, you're trying to connect to a person and really come to Jesus to really connect with him. And uh, when you do that, you know, life really only occurs when you come to Jesus and you seek to be satisfied by him only. <laughs> to seek to be satisfied by him only. And, you know, there's a lot of voices around us that uh, promise satisfaction. There's a lot of voices around us just telling us, do this, do that. You know, buy a Nintendo Switch. Your life will be fulfilled. Okay, we'll just go do it. You know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Never come out. <laughs> just order pizza. Keep going. Um, just, uh, you know, there's all kinds of voices that are around us telling us this is what's really going to satisfy. And, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, I heard a speaker one time, and he was, he, he just gave this illustration that he, he had read a book where a guy had talked about this. He, he talked about this baseball field that he was at one time, and there was this dog that just got out on the field kind of lost. And so he's like running around the field, and Everyone on each side of the field are going, come here, boy, come here, boy, come here, come here. And he's, the dog's like, he's looking over here, and then someone else says, hey. And he, he's like going all over the place. He's like completely stressed out until finally the dog's like a basket case, and people can't catch him. People are trying to catch him, and nobody can catch him. And then finally the, the, the boy who owned the dog figured out that his dog was gone, and he comes out on the field, and he goes, Chester. The dog goes, he goes, come here, Chester. And he, the dog goes, comes right to him and he goes, come on, Chester, let's go. And he walks out the field, totally good and not stressed out. Hmm. You know, that's really, you know, the, the question is, you know, what's the dom- who's, the, who's the dominant voice in your life? What Jesus really wants, he's, he's, act, he's coming to us, he's saying, come to me, come to me. And hey, let's go do this together. You know, he really does want to walk with us. Um, and when you come to Jesus, that's really where you find refreshment. And, you know, maybe, that, maybe where you're at tonight is maybe you need to come to Christ initially. Maybe that's where you're at tonight. Maybe you've never actually come to Jesus in that way. And uh, that'd be a real next step for you is just to really come to him. Now, the next thing Jesus said, he said, come to me. And then he said, yoke with me. Now, that's something you don't say everywhere. I don't think that phrase gets used a lot here on campus. Hey, uh, would you like to yoke with me? It's like, <laughs> you'd probably cuff you and take you away. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it says, he said, yoke with me. And, you know, a yoke was a, it was a frame, like a wooden frame that would hook two animals together, and they would kind of pull together. And one, one thing Jesus is saying is, he says, I really want to really pull together with you in your life. I really want to pull together with you in your life, and we'll make progress together. But one, you know, one thing I noticed as I was looking through this is he didn't say, I'll take your yoke upon me. He said, take my yoke upon you. And now, a yoke is, is for a purpose. He's like, you, you harness two animals because you need to pull something, and they hooked up to it, and they pull together, and they get the job done. There's something that Jesus is about. There's things that Jesus is about, and he's saying, I'm about these things, and I'm going to go do these things, and I would like you to yoke with me and go with me and make a difference. Um, now, 
One, another thing I noticed, well, actually, before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and go to the next verse. You know, one time when Jesus was, it's like, well, then what is, he, what is he trying to accomplish? There's a time in Luke chapter 4 when, when uh, Jesus is talking to the synagogue. He pulls out the book of Isaiah, and he goes to Isaiah 61, verse 1. And that's what this is. This is a quote from Isaiah. And he says, uh, go, go back a slide. That one right here. Stay right here. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then he sits down and everyone's going. And then he said, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Basically he said, that's me. And that's what God gave me to do. That's what I'm here to do. <clears throat> but he actually didn't quote everything in, in that passage. He stopped just short. And I wanted, that's the next verse. He, the, next, the next part of the verse, is, he says, So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that he may be glorified. So what Jesus, what his mission is, is to connect to oppressed folks, people that are captives in prison, basically us, that's us. And he wants to work in our lives and he wants to change our lives. He wants to change people's lives to where at the end of a period of time, people would look at those same people and go, they're oaks of righteousness. Well, you can learn a lot from those guys. But they were the people that were blind and oppressed and, and way far from God. Jesus is about changing lives. He wants to change lives. And what he's saying is, he says, yoke with me. Be a part of changing lives with me. And that's what, that's what the offer is, is really to be a part of that with him. Now it says, then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now you hear that and you think, you know, I've been walking with God for a while and easy wasn't the word that was coming to my mind. It's like, you know, there's a lot of things going on. In fact, just life is hard. And, but uh, if, you do, if you do this, you yoke with him, you come to him and you're, you're having a personal connection with him and pursuing him relationally. It's kind of like a few years ago, we had to move our grand piano. We, well, I guess there's a grand piano, a mid-grand and a baby grand. We got, we got the one in the middle. And I can tell you, I can't get my end. So I, I invited about six or seven friends, uh, big men friends, over to the house. And we had to move it down a couple of stairs. So we all get around this thing. And, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm the oldest one there. So I'm thinking, all right, I got to not, you know, I don't want to start crying or something. I can't lift my end. So I'm getting all kind of psyched up inside. I'm like, okay, let's go. All right. And then I get ready, I get ready to grab it. And as I grab it, well, let me tell you who was on each side of me. On this side of me was my friend John, who's 6'8", and used to play uh, football for San Diego State. I mean, I'm sorry, for San Jose State. And very tough guy. And on this side of me is my friend Tate, who's 6'4", and uh, he looks like he could bench press my car. So, so, I'm, uh, so I grabbed this thing, and I'm like, okay, guys. And I'm telling them, okay, we're going to head down there, everybody. Let's go. We lift it up. And their zone, you know, when they get it to where they can handle it, it's about that much higher than where I would. So I'm like, uh, uh, well, let's, let's go. And I'm like, I feel like, you know, I could be doing, thinking of that. And so I'm walking down, I walk down the stairs and I'm like, whew, boy, that was tough. You know, that piano weighs a ton. But for me, 
it was pretty easy. And it was pretty light. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about here. He says, you know what? Come yoke with me. He says, we're going to pull this together. And hey, I got this. And so when you, when you can rest in him, he's pulling most of the weight. And that's when it starts getting easy. You start seeing things get accomplished around you. Things that really matter to you. As you pursue what he's about, you begin to see things that really matter to you being accomplished around you. And uh, now it may be, it may be that if you feel like, man, things are still really heavy, Jeep. Well, it might be, there's something you to think about. It might be that there's some things that you're trying to accomplish right now that God hasn't given you to do. There might be some things that you're doing right now that you don't really need to be doing right now. So that's something to be thinking about. There, there, you could be putting more on than really it is that God has for you right now. So just that's something to think about. <clears throat> then uh, he says, come to me, yoke with me. And then he says, learn from me. And this is really like on-the-job training. You know, uh, if, you put, if you put two horses in a yoke, and one's a seasoned 12-year-old horse, that knows exactly what to do, and the other one's, you know, a young filly. I don't even know, I don't, I don't know horses. So there's just a, this horse is like all over the place, and they're like, I'm leaving. No, I'm not, I'm stuck. <laughs> okay, and so pretty soon as they go along, they begin to really learn, hey, how do you be a horse? You know, we gotta pull, we gotta pull this thing. How do, you be, how do you be a horse? They learn a lot by being yoked up with someone who knows what they're doing. And really, you know, it's kind of like with me growing up, my dad's a contractor. And I started, uh, I started working with my dad when I was about, I was about eight years old. Because when you're a family, you can work, uh, even if you're less than 16. And so I was working 40-hour days in the summer since I was eight years old. And I would be working with my dad, and he'd say, son, do you know how to build stairs? And I'd say, no. He goes, here's how you build stairs. And we'd build stairs. I know how to build stairs now. Um, he said, you know, how do you frame walls? How do you build houses? From the time I was eight years old to the time I was 25, I became a journeyman carpenter, and I know how to do a building. Several years ago, we did a lot of remodels at Neil's house. And uh, one of the things we did was we fixed uh, his son Samuel's floor, which it was one of those things where if you walked across it, if, if you walked at the right speed and you hit the resonant frequency, you could hit your head on the ceiling. It was just, this floor was, it was like galloping Gertie. It was, it was amazing. I've never seen anything, I mean, I grew up in construction. I never saw anything like that in my life. So we went in there, we ripped it all out, and uh, we put in brand new floor. We put in four by six stringers, uh, some pier blocks. We put in two by six joists, put down plywood subfloor, floor covering. We did sheetrock, finished the sheetrock. And as we're working on it, one of the guys we were working with said, Jeep, where did, where, did you learn how, where did you learn how to do all this stuff? And I, and I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? It isn't where, it's who. You know, I just, I just... In a way, I guess I'd never thought of it this way, but I yoked up with my dad, and I just learned from him on the job. And that's really what, that's really what Jesus wants to do with us. And it says that he's, Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. He's very approachable. You come to him with questions, he doesn't turn you away. He doesn't go, well, I thought you would know that by now. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He really listens to the questions you have. What I wanted to end with tonight is just, just kind of a picture of what this is. Uh, a time what this has looked like in my life. In fact, well, let me, let me say this first, and that is how, this, the question is, well, how do you do that? How do you learn on the job with Jesus? What, is that, 
What does that look like? How do you do that? Simply, it's, it's daily exposure to his word as a habit of life. A daily exposure to his word as a habit of life and connecting it to your real life. A daily exposure to his word and connecting it to your real life. It's just having that habit of life where you're doing that over time, and over time you really learn and grow as you deal with things. Uh, several years ago, probably about 12 years ago, I, uh, I began, I, there's a verse in Isaiah that began to really resonate with me. It's Isaiah 58, 10, and 11. And uh, it, simply, it simply says, And if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness, and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and give strength to your bones and satisfy your desire in scorched places. And you will become like a watered garden and a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And I just, I memorized that. I just was just really meditating on it because I thought, man, this is like a central verse for my life. Is that what he, what, what he's, one of the things he's saying is, if I were to give, if I give my life away for people, the people that need help and yoke with Jesus, then he would guide me. He would strengthen my bones. He would help me figure out what to do in the moment. He would strengthen, he'd give me strength. And then he would satisfy my desire in scorched places. Scorched places. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, when you get involved with people, things kind of get complicated sometimes. And you might go through a time when, when things get real hard. But God satisfies your desire in the middle of that. And then over time, what happens is you become a person. You become a person who um, becomes like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters not fail. Someone who people could come up to and they could ask you help and they could get from some refreshment from you. Things you might share with them might really help them. And you, you begin to be a resource in people's lives. And it just this was resonating with me. And I began having opportunities to really give my life away for people, time, to give my time to help people, connect with people, help them learn how to walk with God. And I began to have these opportunities. And then in the midst of that, and this just kind of a, just give you just kind of a picture of how this works in my life. Um, I got a promotion at work. And this promotion at work, um, I had to commit to getting my professional engineer's license uh, very soon. So I had to make this commitment. So that's an exam. It takes like two days. It's a two-day exam. And uh, it's very daunting. It's, it's worse than a comprehensive final and everything you've ever learned. It's just like, it's a, it's a huge test. You only take it once in your life as an engineer. It takes a lot of study, a lot of study to get ready for it. And, you know, I was also, you know, I had a family of five, uh, little kids, four, six, and two at the time. Uh, guys I was connecting with as a part-time staff member at Challenge and, and then uh, I was taking care of this and it got, it got kind of daunting and hard and so what I, what I did is <clears throat> I, I talked, with, uh, talked with the guys at work and I, let, I talked them into letting me work 10 hour days and I get every Friday off and I was taking a review class that was every other, Thursday, every other Saturday for three or four months so it's just taking a lot of time. They, they kept telling you, if you don't study for 20 hours, you won't pass this test. And I kept doing the number crunching, and I figured I had seven. I had seven hours a week. If I was going to keep track and 
keep everything that I was doing in place. And by changing my schedule, what I did is I would go to Levy Library and because it was on campus. And, and so I would, uh, I would work in downtown LA for you know, Monday through Thursday for 10 hours a day. And then I'd go to Levy Library and I would be there. <clears throat> and then I would leave and I'd connect with two guys that I'd been building into. And so right when I was, you know, I'm studying for like three and a half hours and I'm like starting to really rumble, you know, just really rumble and roll. And I'm just like feeling like, hey, it's structural engineering. I'm getting this all over again. And, and then it'd be like, oh, it's 1130. I got to leave. What if when I come back, I can't pick up where I left off? What if, it's gonna, what if it takes me a while to get going again? And I've only got seven hours a day. So I would just pray and say, God, I'm going to leave here. And I'm going to go spend time with these two guys. And then I'm going to come back. And I pray that when I get back, I'd be, able to, I'd be able to pick up where I left off. And I wouldn't spin my wheels for a while. I'd be able to just take off. And so I did that for the months leading up to this thing. One of the class, when I had a real good friend, Christian friend, uh, that told me, as I, he asked me how many hours I was studying. I told him, seven. And he goes, oh, you're never going to make it. Thank you. I really appreciate the encouragement. And, uh, and I, he says, you need to punt ministry. you got to punt ministry. And I remember looking at it, and I just said, you know, I would punt the test before I'd punt that. It's just, it's, it's, uh, I'm just convinced that's what I need to do. And he goes, okay. And so, so then that's what I did for several, for a few months, about three, four months. Well, then the test comes. I'm praying, God, please, let what I studied intersect with what's on the exam. And God... <laughs> Help, help, you know, it's like, God, help the things that I didn't study that are on the exam. Help me get a handle on how to approach it so I can solve it on the fly. Just, God, help me. So I'm in there, and I'm, so we take this test. And it, the first day, the first day is the main test. And so eight hours, oh, my gosh, it was, it was something. So when we left, we come away, and it's like, okay, great. <clears throat> Finished the test. I bet you guys are wondering if I passed I did. Actually, you know what? I passed, and there were, there were five people from my company that were taking the test that same day, and I'm the only one who passed. Now, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box. I'll be real clear on that. You know, it's, uh, what I found when I was taking that test is it was exactly what I'd asked for, is there were things that I was studied for, and then there were things I went, oh, no, and then I would go, okay, wait a minute, okay. I understand that term. Okay, then I'd work my way through and I would, and I'd do it. Now the it's like a pass fail thing. I don't know what my score was. I don't even care. I passed. <laughs> um, um, I don't even. I hope I never find out what my score was. <laughs> well, actually, you know, Jeep, you were holding everyone up. You were on the bottom. Okay, um, but just real quick, you know the way things turned out. Um, I passed, and you know those uh, those two guys that I spent time with, those two guys, they're in, both in Northern California right now. They're both walking with God, and they both know how to walk with God, and they both know how to help other people walk with God. One of them um, was uh, a missionary in Oaxaca, Mexico, for about seven or eight years. He just recently came back. He's trying to decide where they're going next. Just, I got to be a part of what God was doing in their lives. I got to be a part of that. And... Uh, it, meant, it means everything. Um, you know, a few months later, my company came out with this um, opportunity to go to 
uh, university training for a year. And I, I competed for it. And I won. I got it. And I got to go to USC. I actually got to, you know, I used to, I got, actually got to go to college here and I got my master's degree in civil engineering that next year. Now, there's no way I'd have been ready for that, but all that a massive review that I'd been doing got me ready. And I had no idea, but God was preparing me for this opportunity he was going to give me to really become a lot more marketable in my job. So now, you know, uh, I just recently was uh, given a job as the design branch chief of our, of our design company. And, you know, I... I have a professional engineer's license and I have a master's degree from USC and that helps, that helps a lot when you're trying to get a job. It really furthered my career and I'll tell you, I'm still learning on the job with Jesus. Um, as I work as a, as a branch chief, of, I have about 46 people who work for me. There are endless opportunities to learn new things about how to handle people and solve problems. And I continue to find what we're talking about tonight the way, that, uh, the way that I move forward. <clears throat> what I want to do, and just in closing tonight, is I just want to ask some questions. These are questions just for you to think about in light of what we talked about tonight. One question is just what or who is the dominant voice in your life? Just think about that and work, just kind of think through that. What or who is the dominant voice in your life? You know, where are you running, where are you running to for satisfaction? And then uh, the second question is, you know, are you carrying things that God hasn't given you right now? Are there things weighing on you that God really doesn't have on, he hasn't given you right now that you don't really need to do right now? And uh, whose yoke, whose yoke do you typically put on each morning? Yours or his? Like, what's, what's kind of a typical thing? And that's something you could work on is trying to consciously, with Jesus, come to him and say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing today in people's lives. And then number three, the question is, are you daily coming to Jesus, listening to his instruction, and connecting it to your real life? Are you daily coming to Jesus, listening to his instruction, and connecting it to your real life? Those are real good questions. I can tell you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do business with those questions myself. And I'd just like to end with just, I, I, really, I believe that what Jesus is saying to all of us tonight, and that is, come to me, yoke with me, and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls, and your life will make a difference. So with that, I just want to, I'll just, I just want to pray, and then uh, we'll move on. Dear Father, God, uh, we just, we come before you, and we're very grateful that you did not leave us untethered in the dark. But God, you gave us your word, and you gave us your presence, and you gave us you. And God, I just pray that each one of us would pursue you relationally and make a daily habit of connecting to your word and listening to you and putting it into practice. In Jesus' name. Amen.